Hey, Malik, listen, uh, we have this photo shoot coming up. Uh, your stylist sent over some T-shirt options for you to wear. Let's go through these. All right, cool. Okay, this first one's real simple. It's like a recycling tee, uh, light green color with these three arrows. Classic clean logo. I don't know, man. Straight up, this one seems too political. All right, that's okay. We got a couple others. Uh, maybe like this one. Something everyone can get behind. It just says, peace on earth. Nah, this one is a big no for me. I'm not comfortable with the message it's sending. All right, all right, all right. Uh, one last one. This one uh, has a gun on it. It says, we shoot to kill? Yes, that's perfect. Welcome to episode 155 of Wolf's Cast, the show that is aggressively canvassing the trade market for a COVID-19 vaccine. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. Scott. Welcome I've got to the show. chicken pox vaccine here. I've got, you know, smallpox. I've got measles vaccines on deck. You just let me know. I, uh, we can do a three-for-one type trade, you know? Yeah, we're going to trade uh, trade shots, trade injections. That's how it can go. It'll go like that. Those are the kind of shots we like, Malik Beasley. Uh, yes. You didn't get the joke up top. There was an ill-informed, uh, ill-advised uh, dis- fashion decision that he made where he was wearing a t-shirt that had a gun on it that says, we shoot to kill. Oof. Yeah. And uh, once gu- again, Malik, not, not great. Like, who's, who's advising you, Malik? I've just got some notes for him. I need some uh, self-awareness is training. It, is it Larsa? Is Larsa advising you, Malik? Yeah, she wants to She wants to get him in some more trouble or something like that. Mess up his life a little Ooh, bit baby. more. Not a, not a great look. But, yeah. Malik Beasley. He should just shoot it every time he touches it. Yeah, that's that's rough, but uh, that's that's kind of the off-court season that uh, or this year that has been uh, for Malik Beasley. But uh, yep, that's how that goes. But thanks for listening, everybody. We are back uh, after a, a nice, relaxing week off, all-star break style. I, I don't know about you, but I didn't do any of the stuff I was planning to do. I was like, man, oh. I'm going to crack into this KG memoir. Oh, I'm going to yeah, get yeah. into it. In this off week of Timberwolves games. I'm going to use that mm. time to get into it. Nope. Did not. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to be going for the rest of the season, Scott. No more breaks. Let's well, that's go. Okay. I'm, so. I'm rested now. You yeah, know? like I'm ready, and I was ready. You know, last Thursday when the Timberwolves came back, uh, it was definitely something where it was like, man, I miss this watching this terrible right. team. You know, happy to have games back. Yeah, after a week away, uh, that's how it goes. That's uh, that's why we are the way we are. You know, we just need a little little step back, and then all of a sudden we're craving it again. Yeah, and, we were uh, born into this. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were raised by wolves. Oh, well, and I think <laughs> just without the, you know, without the playoffs, uh, you know, the, the season is always so short for the wolves that we always have that like super long summer. And so we, yeah. I, I always have that in the back of my mind whenever the team goes away for just like a little bit. I'm like, man, I'm really going to miss this when it's like <laughs> gone for months at a time, especially after this year of having nine months off or whatever. So yeah, it'll be interesting this season because they're going into May with the regular season yeah, schedule. Yeah, May Because usually what's difficult for me is once baseball season starts because then check out you have all the hope of spring for (laughs) every baseball team has hope in spring you know first month you're watching a lot and then the alternative wasn't just the Timberwolves it's the Timberwolves at the end of a losing season where it's like those last five or six games of the season you know they don't try they they give like some their best players like fake injuries yeah Yeah. and so like it's the least compelling Timberwolves content at the same time when there's also the Minnesota Twins playing every single day so that's right that's usually where I struggle we'll see how it goes with them going into May you know Uh, 
I, I watch Ooh. all the games, but uh, those are, that's usually when I have to fight it. That's a big overlap right there. Yeah, yeah like a whole, right? Doesn't uh, uh, Twins start mid-April? Is that right? It starts beginning of April. We're okay. like two weeks away. Okay, so yeah, you're going to have twins. like six weeks of overlap. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, maybe we'll, maybe we'll hear, you know, in your voice on the show. Right, right? I'll start <laughs> I'll start making mistakes being like, man, Beasley really struck out that shot. I mean, oh, that's not what I meant to say. You yeah, know? or you'll just use uh, Twins players' names instead. And you'll say oh, like yeah. the wrong, wrong see, name. What kind of J's do they have on their teams? Yeah, so Jarrett, Jalen, Jaden. Uh, yeah, are there Jared. any close last names? Is there any anything that's, uh, you know, similar? Like, is there like a... Uh, who, who's Rosario? Did they get rid of him? They did get rid of him. So Rubio Rosario is not going to happen. That wasn't a bad one. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Buxton, Beasley. Buxton Beasley. Yeah. yeah, that could be. I mean, there is a, a pitcher in the league with the last name Edwards. Okay, he doesn't play for the not Twins. The twins but, yeah. We'll see what happens. Nice. Uh, well, yeah, we're excited to be doing a show again this week, everybody. We're glad you're you're joining us here, just Scott and I, this week on the show. And, yeah, we're going to do Full Court Press, talk about Jalen Noel, talk about some Chris Finch stuff and some uh, out there, uh, you know, Carl Anthony Towns trades. We're going to scoff at all of them. Uh, we have a sponsor, and then we have a very special edition of Mailbag, uh, where it's all about the the, the trade deadline, which uh, by the next time you hear our voices after this episode, uh, the trade deadline will have passed. So, uh, so we'll we either have a it. very exciting show next week where I quiz Neil about the, <laughs> the media guide trivia for all of our new Timberwolves, or yes. we'll have a very kind of flat show where we say, nothing happened, let's move on. Let's, yeah. Let's look at free agency. I'll start uh, brushing up on my Bradley Beal trivia right now, you know, Ooh. just so that when they get him, you know, it'll be... Uh... I, uh, <laughs> remind me about Bradley Beal when we okay. get to it later on More in Full Court Press. Okay, you know, nice. I've got, I've got, I've got a, a trade that I saw. Yeah, then we have Weekly Wolfies and the game, of course. But uh, let's jump into week recap and talk about the last week of Timberwolves basketball. The Wolves went two and two this week. Got two, wins. two wins. Two wins. How is that possible? I, have we said that at all this year? I don't the think very we have. first week. Okay. I oh, that's right. We they had their Detroit, first back to back. Yeah. Jazz back to back. Last time we had two wins in the same week. So already this feels like a success. Five hundred for the week. Woo! Wow, that's, man. Uh, Watch seemed... out, Golden State. We're going to ruin your draft pick. We're going to you know raise yeah. up the ranking so fast. But it is a huge uh, difference because. Because, let's see, we played the Pelicans on Thursday. The last game before the break was Charlotte. And it was clear everyone had already booked their vacations and were thinking about it. Because it was a level of effort that we had, a lack of effort that we hadn't seen yet this season. It was the worst game the Timberwolves, they just didn't bring it. Yeah. Because their heads were already on vacation. And so, they, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see them return locked in. I mean, not exactly. The first quarter was a little bit rough. But, you know, this past week, it's been like, uh, you know, it's amazing what a little practice time will do. I don't know if they had any practices, but just some time, you know, to go over the new coaches' schemes and stuff. It's amazing how how much of a difference that would make. Yeah, who knows exactly what it was. Probably a combination of all that. Rest, a little bit of practice, and then maybe just getting, you know, Finch, you know, a little more time to put in a little bit more of a scheme or something like that but yeah like you mentioned that new orleans pelicans game was was good to get get the first one and maybe you know everyone talks about that rookie wall we had a great week for the rookies maybe they just needed to rest their legs a little bit because they came back it was a career high game in in terms of both jalen noel and Jaden mcdaniels jalen and Jaden, the jays uh (laughs) that's what the boston fans call brown and tatum the jays okay and then we have seven players on we our got team more. with a J. Yeah. In their we, got, we got more Js. In so, here. yeah, we got the most. Uh, but, yeah, both great games. Anthony Edwards obviously had a great week. So I think that, you know, the rookies, they use their time off well. Yeah, so Wolves uh, win 135 
to one uh, one one oh five against uh, New Orleans. All kinds of historic caveats, you know the, right. the stat, super stat Dave or whatever said uh-huh. into the truck because it was like a team that's this bad record wise has never trailed by 16 points and then ended up winning a game by 30. It's just like a yeah. lot of like things where it's like teams that are as bad as the Timberwolves don't do that. And that was a embarrassing effort from the Pelicans. Oh my God. That's I felt tough. Like, <laughs> yeah. They, they, I can't believe what it'd be like to be a Pelicans fan. Cause that team came back and they were not ready to go. Yeah. It just, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't really care. You could just see it. They, like, they were not bringing it on defense and they kind of looked like the Timberwolves in the way they, instead of running an offense, it was just like, Oh, let's dribble it over the court and check it up. You know? Yeah, not a lot uh, going on there. But yeah, New Orleans, you know, they kind of just a reminder, you know, especially, you know, they built up that that 16 point lead. And then it's like you kind of, you know, that we, you know, we watch every Timberwolves game. So it's like, oh, yeah, the Wolves do this thing where, you know, they get a big lead and then they blow it where it's like, you know, the other teams can do that, too. And New Orleans, you know, pretty disappointing. I mean, that's sort of how it goes all the way up. I feel like even when the Wolves get better, we're going to have like moments like this where it's like, yeah, we're about 500, but why are we blowing all these games? So right. every team has stuff like this. Most, mostly every team, except for like the contenders, have stuff like this to point at. But yeah, New Orleans has probably had, you know, relative to expectations, almost as disappointing of a season as Minnesota and some of these really bad teams. You know, they expected to be a lot better. They're bringing in a new coach, Stan Van Gundy, and uh, yeah. it just kind of hasn't worked out for them. So they definitely thought they were going to the playoffs this season yeah yeah but they're not game, out of it yet they could they could be a you know a feisty team in the play-in tournament yeah it could be fun to watch but uh yeah what we saw from them wasn't very inspiring but we'll take the w especially on the road why not 30 totally. point win you know let's go give me more of those and then we came back home for a weekend home and home back to back against the portland the the t blazers of portland uh-huh yes we are fond of calling them thanks shouts to jim pete uh, for that one, because everyone calls the Wolves the T-Wolves. That's how stupid you sound when you say T-Wolves. You sound like you're calling the the Blazers the T-Blazers. That's right. But uh, it's kind of a – it was – both games were very competitive, actually. I thought it was yeah. a great weekend of hoops uh, watching. I, Cat had a great game in the first game. We ended up losing that one by four points. But, uh, you know, Cat was dominant throughout that game. And then – uh, I don't know if you want to talk about these separately or together, but uh, we got a win against Portland the next day. Once again, with the idea, I mean, the, hasn't really proven to be the case with the Wolves, but the idea with all these back-to-backs is people thought there would be a lot more splitting the series, you know? Yeah, and that's, I think it's been true. Yeah, and I mean, to, the Wolves be. have lost a lot of the double back-to-backs, but um, yeah, maybe that was at play here. Um, but Ant had his best game of the season. He... Uh, just I don't know well, how many points he had thirty four points or something. So uh, yeah, I remember I quizzed you at the beginning of the season, Neil, about which players on the four players on the Timberwolves who have scored thirty points in a game before. Oh, this season? No, or just it, ever in their careers. Yeah, because now there's a fifth member. Now we have Anthony Edwards. I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean. The one you didn't get was Ricky Rubio. Oh, yeah. Beasley, yeah, right. yep. Russell, and Towns, Towns are all yeah. easy to guess. Um, but, yeah, Ant joining in the 30-point club. It was fun to watch because, you know, I, he had his first 20-point game against the Blazers, like, fifth game of the season or something. It was all garbage time. It was like, Ant got 20, yeah, but it was like a full fourth quarter worth of garbage time. And now here he is having his best game of the season in crunch time against the Trail Blazers instead of garbage time. And I thought that was some nice symmetry there. Yeah, it was good to yeah, like you said, both these team, both these games were uh, really good. You know, except for kind of the first half of uh, the first game where there was just like all these fouls. It was just such a sloppy, oh. like crazy second quarter. I forgot. I think that uh, twenty nine attempts 
uh, free throw attempts in the second quarter of that first game. So like that was really rough. But other than that, you know, I feel like it was really good basketball. You know, Blazers uh, without McCollum, uh, without Nurkic, but you know, Wolves without lots of people too, including uh, unfortunately uh, Jordan McLaughlin, uh, who appears to have COVID nineteen after you know he's missed a week now. He has not come back from that All Star break. So you know they're missing him. You know they're missing Culver with the great toe. They're missing Russell still. So a lot of Culver, guys questionable for tonight. Okay, we'll yeah, as we record this on Thursday, yeah. So, um, you know, so they're, they're missing. Everyone's missing guys and stuff like that. But you know, Dame Dame took care of business uh, in, in that first game, and uh, more notably, Melo really right. Like Melo yeah. had one of the best games game. of the season. Yeah. Throwback mid range. Oh, it, it felt like it was New York Ooh. Knicks Melo. Yeah. New York Knicks Melo used to kill the Wolves. By the way, oh yeah, he had so many great performances against us. So yeah, it definitely felt like old times watching him do that. You know, triple threat, jab step, jab step, jab step. Jab yeah. step, pop it, you know, but definitely fun to see. I, I like Mello, you know, I cheer for the guy. And also, like, the very next game, we had the great moment where Anthony Edwards hit the three over Mello and then did the Mello three yes. to the head celebration the dome. right on him. And that's what I love, Anthony Edwards. Once last time we had a player who would just, like, troll the other guys, like, I'm going to yeah. do your celebration. I feel like it was from him, but I feel like Noel has also been doing that. And it's kind of hard to know, like, how much just, like, guys just generally do that, too. I think, well, like, Noel does like, the thing with his fingers where it's a little bit different. Like, he holds his ring finger and his okay. thumb together. Yeah. So it's a little bit of the. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's still three says, fingers, but, right? Yeah. It's still like, a, I think it's still a thing, you know, it's just made popular in that era. And then guys come up seeing that and stuff. But in that game specifically, right, where it's like Melo's on him, then yeah, you could, you could, you could count that in the troll or in the celebration thing. And the thing, thing with there. Ant, though, is he's having so much fun. I don't see players getting angry at him for doing it. It's just like, oh, this is a kid yeah. having fun. It's not like Joel Embiid, like big timing me for social media. It's just like, I always, one thing I've noticed about Ant that I really identify with, with my style pickup hoops is whoever he's guarding when the camera cuts to him he's just chatting him up he's like laughing and in yeah. conversation with markeith morris or like whoever it is whoever he's guarding you just see him having a great time having a great conversation with him he'd be a good first baseman because of that you chat up everyone <laughs> yeah. who comes to first base it just seems like whoever he's guarding he's having a fun conversation with them yeah yeah totally and you know and uh you know he's yeah he's he's getting in there you know but it's funny because like we talked about this earlier in the season but like last year when culver had that dunk on Robin Lopez and was talking junk to him. Robin Lopez took it took exception to that. I think some of that was just like, oh, this rook wants to talk to me like this. Like, and but yeah, you're right. That hasn't happened yet to to Anthony. I mean, people like Draymond Green have been like into him and and uh, you know been like talking about him after the game. Now they share an agent, so, you know they're both clutch guys. But yeah. um, you know, uh, what was the other one? Oh yeah, Dame after this game, right? Dame he posted a posted an Instagram story of Dame gave him his jersey or whatever oh, yeah. and, yep. and stuff. So yeah, Anthony Edwards is you know picking up some fans, some superstar fans from around the league right now. So they must like uh, you know how he handles himself out there on the floor. So that's good to see. But yeah, Wolves get this win. Big Anthony Edwards dunk in this game. Just really, Ooh, really another right just past kinda... old friend Rocco. Oh yeah, Rocco. You know, he just just flew by him a little bit there. Yeah. Right. Well, there's two different ones. There's the yeah. one where Melo was pulling the Kyle Korver jazz. You know, where he's like hiding yes. and shirking out of the way, kind Stay of like, do way. not put me on this poster, please. He actually jumped into I think it was Rodney Hood he like jumped into his own teammate to get out of Ant's way because he didn't want that poster and get out of there Rocco challenged Ant on a different dunk and Ant got past him and slammed it home but more impressive than that were the crazy threes he hit at the end of the game you know it's always a no 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 yes kind of thing when he shoots a three but he took some really high difficulty ones like step backs and stuff and was hitting them so he was dialed in and no one's having more fun on the court than Anthony Edwards very fun most importantly the Wolves got the win 
Man, listen, it feels great to hear you say uh, Timberwolves is winning again, man. So, you know, we're going to try to keep it going. Hell yeah. Well, they tried, but they did not keep it going. Uh, took the took the show on the road out to L.A. Uh, when was that? That was uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yep. Um, and lost 121 to 137. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like this game, uh, you know, this game wasn't quite as bad as that uh, is that a big, uh, big number 16 point loss. Right. Like it was. It was I think closer. it was. I think it was. I disagree with you. Noel. I mean, let's I, argue about it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, yes, a certain element of this was just like, OK, LeBron turned it on a little bit in the second half. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I just saw more energy from the Wolves and more defensive competence from the Wolves. But then I think they just figured out, OK, these guys can't guard the pick and roll. We're going, we're going Harold, Harold and LeBron pick and roll, and we're just going to kind of end this. So, yeah, I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league, even without Anthony Davis, who's been out for a month and yeah. looks like he's going to be out. They had a lot of guys now. missing. Gasol was missing. Yeah. And they had like four or five guys missing. Yeah, they were shorthanded. But yeah, LeBron. You have LeBron. He can, he you're can turn it yeah, on. You he don't really need a whole over. lot in the regular season besides LeBron. And I mean, it was kind of fun in the same way watching Dame was fun. It's just like you have to laugh at how good LeBron is. Like <laughs> when he's hitting yeah. threes just like casually and stuff, you're like, Man, this guy is so good. I love watching him play basketball. But I, I thought that the Lakers were playing with their food for three quarters because they knew, like you said, they knew, oh, they can't defend? Pick and rolls. So how about we just have our fun for three quarters, keep things interesting for us because we know we're just coasting to the playoffs anyways, and then we'll just try hard for, like, you know, the fourth quarter. And they just turned on the Jets and blew us out of the water in the fourth. So that's why I say I don't think this game was ever really that close, even though the score was close for three quarters, because I think the Lakers were just, you know, not taking us seriously for three quarters. Rubio had a really good game scoring the ball, especially. You know, he was, he was getting to the rim and, you know, hitting some layups and uh, even had a couple threes in this game as uh, his his season's kind of turned around in the last month or so. It's, he's visibly uh, in better shape. Yeah. You can yeah, just totally. see that. Just he, a little quicker, you know, and just getting to the rim. And he also, hasn't missed a bad layup in a while, too. I keep thinking that. Well, he keeps going in. Keeps you going. know he's dropping one down well, tonight. Earlier in the season, it was like one a game or like one every other game. He'd have like a head-scratching miss. And it's like now every time he goes to the rim, I'm like, oh, is this the one? Nope, they're going in. So See if Ricky could have a revenge game against the Suns tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be nice. I think they've uh, already beat us once or twice. but Yeah, yeah but now he's in better shape. But yeah. uh, I think it's funny. This is just anecdotal evidence from somebody who's watched a lot of Ricky Rubio. It seems like he tries a lot harder in Madison Square Garden and... <laughs> staples against the Lakers in particular. He's had some great games against the Lakers in L.A., and he's had some really good games in, against the Knicks you know, as well. So, yeah. you know, the big arenas. The he, bright lights. He likes playing there. All right, that's a week recap. Let's get to full court press. Here's the tip. We must start with the play of young Jalen Noel. He has been he's been balling. He has been uh, fantastic. You know, I'm not really sure if it if it stretches back to a few games before the break, but really, you know, just in these, you know, first four after the break at least, you know, he has just been just on fire in uh, you know, in the best kind of ways. And man, just nailing shot after shot and just getting so much more playing time out there too, really, you know, finally getting to kind of show what he can do. Um, you know, especially as we mentioned with uh, Jordan McLaughlin out with health and safety protocols. So, you know, with Russell and McLaughlin out. And most importantly, Beasley suspension. I feel like that's kind of the big minutes that he's getting. Him and McLaughlin, you're right. Totally. Because with McLaughlin, 
and Russell out. You basically you can't play Ricky the entire game at point guard. So yeah. Jalen's kind of the de facto backup point guard. At yeah, this point. yeah. You know, he might bring it up, or Ant might bring it up, or whatever. But he's just gotten a lot more burn, and and really is kind of for the first time in his career, especially from three, really kind of showing that he can hang in the NBA. So we'll see if he can continue it. But I've really been impressed. Um, you know, especially this week in the play of uh, of Jalen Noel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always, like like we said in last season, it was frustrating because he couldn't get his three-point shot to fall. He's shooting 40%, you know, from, from deep. And I think that it's just, there are some limitations because of his size and also his age. You know, he's very young. He's still figuring things out, obviously. But that guy can get buckets. And that's something that, like, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like more or less you kind of can see when players have that ability and when they don't. And he just seems like a guy who can get buckets. and Because, like, he scores in so many different ways. He has a lot of different approaches when he's at the rim. He's really good on, like, mid-range two-point shots as well. And now he's hitting it from three. He can just score at all three levels, as uh, I believe Dave Ben says. Or is it Jim Pete who says that, when you can score at the rim, yeah. mid-range, and from three? Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's just been these last four games, really. Had some tough tough shooting nights, you know, going into the break. But, hey, the team lost, like, nine in a row there. So they were pretty much all playing really bad. Bad, but yeah, like you mentioned, he's shooting forty percent from three uh, on the season. On uh, you know, a three and a half threes a game, and and that's pretty good there. And, and and more than that too, I think you know, again, he's kind of pegged as a shooter, but you know, he can do a bunch of other things too. I think he again, he does a good job as a sort of you know, I think he's more of a two than a one, but you know, he can operate and pick and roll a little bit, and he can be kind of crafty and slithering uh, to the rim is, is something he does well and. But yeah, he's got he's got a bunch of big assist games. He had six assists against uh, in that in, in that New Orleans game. He had four assists the other night against the Lakers, and you know that's that's pretty good in sort of like you know twenty five twenty six minutes of action. So yeah. and of course the career high twenty eight points against Oof. the Pelis. And yeah. so yeah, it's fun. I mean, he's always been a guy. When we drafted him last year in the second round, we were like, we really like this guy. I'd love to get see him get some burn. And that's why it was so disappointing that when he came up, he just wasn't ready for the. The spotlight, but it's great because you know, with Finch trying out some new guys in the rotation and stuff, the guys who stayed ready are, are, are performing really well. Uh, Jalen Noel included, yeah, yeah. So we'll see where it goes here from him. For him, I mean, I think you know, we'll get to more sort of trade talk here in, in mailbag, but you know, a lot of it's going to be centered, you know, a lot of people are throwing Beasley's name into some of the trades, and I think some of that idea comes from. All right, you got something here in Jalen Noel. Can can he kind of make up for the losses that you would maybe, um, you know, offensively, you know, by losing Beasley? Can can Jalen Noel step in and give you a little bit of that shooting and a little bit of that dynamic offensive play, um, you know, from from the two guard position? So that, also that's heard interesting. A handful of Ricky Rubio trade uh, ideas, and if you are comfortable with the backup guard play of both McLaughlin and now Noel, you might feel a little bit safer with trading away Ricky Rubio. Yeah, and I think I want to watch. I hope we get to see him more here. I mean, probably will be another week at least before um, you know uh, yeah, McLaughlin or Beasley come back. But you know, I, I want to key in more on his defense because you know I don't I don't know that he's a bad defender, but I don't know I don't think he's making a huge mark out there. But he's not he's not uh, totally missing guys like Anthony Edwards will, where it's like oh wow, it's yeah, very, it's, he's very not clear. he's not like 
watching the ball so much as guy A could be anywhere on the court and he wouldn't know where he is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like is. So, yeah, because that's what you'd like to see as a guy who has at least a little two-way ability, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the main downside of Beasley is that he's just offensive only. Do you think so. it's the different haircut? You know, he, yeah, he's wearing it just out and, and now he has the braids. And, and really, I mean, I guess if you have a career night on the first time you wear the braids, you got to keep the braids going. Keep right? it going. Yeah, he came back from an all-star break with a different kind of look and uh, let's, let's go. Let's different keep, look, different let's, attitude. Let's keep it popping. All new Jalen. There you go. He's hitting up. All right. Next thing to talk about here is uh, some some early returns on uh, what is a little bit different under coach uh, Chris Finch. As we mentioned, uh, his first, what, five games uh, before the break, all losses. Were there five before the break or four? Four or five games. Uh, that and he I, uh, I went into. as far on predicted to say he wasn't going to get a win until our oh, yeah. back-to-back against the Rockets. Oh. <laughs> That's coming up in a few weeks, and uh, I thought he was going to go like oh and thirteen or something before he got his first win. So I mean, not a bad prediction based on you know the, the teams the, the we break. Yeah. Well, and just like how we felt at the break, yeah. how bad they looked. It's like, they can't turn this around. Yeah, this how is... are they going to beat teams like the Blazers? You yeah. Know? <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's you know we're getting to about the ten game sample size here, and. Um, you know, like we said, hopefully over the break, he had some time to implement some things, get get his mind right on, you know, at least kind of a little bit more of what he wanted to do. I mean, everything happened so quickly with Ryan being out and him being in, at least that we know, maybe behind the scenes, he had lots of time to sort of think about this and have an idea of what he would do with Carl and, and, the, and the main players for the Wolves. But um, you know, we're finally, I feel like, seeing a lot of like bigger changes. And I think the first thing to talk about is some of the rotational um, type things that we've been seeing. I mean, the main guy I think that's benefited is Jake Lehman, right? Yeah. He is starting lineup. He was someone who was like, the, you know, the 12th man for a while there, right? And uh, couldn't couldn't see the floor at a really tough beginning of his season, missing shots everywhere, missing dunks and stuff. And yeah. really just wasn't contributing at all. And now he's suddenly like a starter and he's up in there. So he, he's gotten a huge boost in the Chris Finch era. Yeah, Dan. Moore was saying there was a press conference with him in the past week where Jake said like yeah when you fall out of the rotation for the worst team in the NBA you're out of the league and so he's like he was so aware that this could be his last shot in the league that he's like I just was really mindful I've got to stay ready for when I get my chance because if I blow my this will be my last chance so I can't blow it and so that's a great attitude you know I think that you know, it's so fun to watch him just because he does something that I've always wanted on the Timberwolves, which is off-ball movement. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't really think of who was better at off-ball movement in the past 10 years than Jake Lehman, but he's always running around and his cuts are great. Yeah, and- especially with Carl out there, he can whip those passes and hopefully when Russell comes back, he'll be the beneficiary there too. Yeah, and like, count- there's a lot of double-teaming on Towns, but it can't be Jake Lehman's man because he-, <laughs> he made a good cut and his defender had to go with him, you know? Yeah. And so it's just fun to watch him move without the ball. And three uh, three balls been falling for him a little bit more yeah, too. Absolutely, so. he can do okay defensively. You know, he does get overmatched. I think, especially when they want him to like switch onto fours or guard fours. Right, he's it's, looking a lot more problem. comfortable at three than the four he was yes. playing to start the season. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to see him. Um, you know, I think uh, this is the last year of his contract. The Wolves signed him last year to a two-year deal. I thought it was, he had right? another year. So I'm I'll not look, sure. I think, I think it was a two-year deal last year. But, yeah, so, you know, but still good. To, I mean, the Wolves just need anybody to contribute, especially with all these injuries. I mean, especially, I think, with Culver out, you know, I think maybe that is who, you know, uh, Layman's taking minutes from right now is uh, Culver being injured. But uh, just good to see, you know, just sort of like a change happen and, and be able to work out, you know, on, under Finch. So I feel like that's one of the big rotational, um, you know, pluses that's happened here. Um, we got him for another year. 
Next year he signed too. Yeah, he's okay. making three point nine next year. Okay, cool. Maybe it was a three year deal then. That they yeah, signed I believe too. so. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah three yeah. years, eleven million was Got his contract. It. There you go. Okay, so he's on for next year too. So yeah, we'll see if uh, you know his play can continue and or, the Wolves can keep him around, or they'll know, trade him. Who knows? Yeah, you could say that this is the right time for some of these role players to be peaking because yeah. if uh, you know the the joke that we'll probably get into more is like the trades for the Timberwolves. Who do we have that anyone would want? You know, it's a yeah. limited list with how we've been playing this season. But a little signs of life from Jake Lehman and Jalen Noel and things like that. Maybe, you know, you get a team to be a little bit more interested than they were two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, another rotational thing I think is interesting is something that Jim Pete's brought up on the broadcast is like playing Carl the entire first quarter generally and kind of changing up the the substitution patterns a little bit for your best player. I think that's interesting, especially when it's your best player, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, how do we best deploy him? I mean, that's that's mission number one for, for Chris Finch is how do we get the most out of Carl Anthony Towns? How do we get him more shots? How do we get him more usage? And uh, having him play the entire first quarter is an interesting wrinkle. I mean, who knows how big of a deal that is, but it's notable out there, and it's something that's interesting to sort of see how that goes. So that's another thing to watch. Yeah, uh, as long as it's working for Towns. You know, I'm always worried about his health and and playing him too many minutes, but if it's working out for him, then I I definitely dig it because obviously, especially with Russell and Beasley out, it's just like there's such a drop-off when he leaves the court. But if one of the fun wrinkles of him being out there for the full first quarter is we get to see some Nas Cat minutes sharing the floor together. Two big guys. Playing big in general. I mean, they've been playing Wancho at the three for some of those minutes too, where it's Towns... Uh, Reed and and Hernan Gomez out there where it's like, oh my gosh, this is the biggest unit we've seen out there the whole time. So that's another big thing, right, for this discussion is playing a little bit bigger, right? Not really the small ball that we've seen before of like Okogie at the four and stuff like that. It's like, no, no, no. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we get healthier because it seems, and I don't know, because Jaden missed a game because he was sick or something? Uh, He was, I think COVID protocol, but he he tested negative. I think he had inconclusive test or something like that because, yeah, it was COVID protocol, but then he came right back, which means, okay, because as of right now, and maybe this is just a pre-Drake deadline thing, but it <laughs> seems like he's a little bit more committed to playing Layman and Wancho over um, Jaden. You yeah. know, I feel like Jaden has lost yeah. some minutes in the in the scuffle over, over Jaden and, and Vanderbilt, maybe. Yeah, and yeah. some and some people might wonder how much of that is from above. You know, where Ryan was playing those guys a lot, and then the new guy comes in, and all of a sudden he's playing the guys yeah. who got signed, like Wancho. You got to feel like the GM might have been like, "Hey, this looks like a really bad deal that <laughs> I signed him to. If you could give him some minutes, I would super appreciate it." But like I said, maybe that's just about like let's play him for a couple. It'll be interesting to see after the trade deadline if Wancho goes back on the shelf. They're like, "Oh, we couldn't trade him." Right? <laughs> yeah. Know? Now, now the showcase is over. I guess that's kind of the goal for the rest of the season, though, is if you can't trade him now and you want to just rehabilitate his cost, you know, so he's not a sunk cost, and then the summer maybe you can move him for something that's yeah. not heinous, you know, and so who knows what will happen with Wancho. But Wancho's definitely getting minutes under the Finch regime. Yeah, he's been playing all right, too, playing so we'll see. He couldn't um, have played worse. That's so. right. That's right. Hard to do that. Um, and then some defensive changes we should talk about. I mean, I think the team is slightly improved on that end. I mean, it hasn't shown up in the numbers yet. They're still 26th in defensive rating. Um, you know, they've given up a lot of points, and it's still you know it's still a problem. But to me, it's mainly you know in pick and roll and transition, um, which you know uh, those are huge things. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're not they're not good on that end oh, at all. Oh, so um, bad in transition. 
transition. So, so bad. But I feel like there's a little bit more organization in the general half-court defense. There's a little bit more accountability. I'm not, there's been some quotes from players. I can't, I can't remember exactly what they've been saying about, you know, sort of how they're doing what they're doing or sort of what exactly is, is different. Um, you know, so I think that's something to still keep monitoring here as far as exactly what's happening out there. But I've just noticed a little bit better, um, you know, communication and a little bit better. It just seems like they're just on uh, on the same page a little bit more often. But unfortunately, pick and roll defense is a huge part of what the most of the league does um, as far as running pick and roll. And so to be able to stop that would go a very long way or just get a little bit better at that. So well, I'm still looking at that. One big change I've also noticed they talked about on the broadcast this past week is that they've abandoned the drop coverage scheme. They're now letting Towns go up, switch guys. And just yeah. I know Towns is happier doing that. He likes to think he can guard Dame. He thinks he <laughs> yeah. can guard one through five. And, yeah. you know, we, we love the positive thinking there, Kat. But uh, just like uh, the drop coverage was always problematic to me because you get your you're, you're allowing you're giving up shots basically you're saying right. you're going to take shots from where we want you to yeah. and a lot of teams have been like we'll just kill you for mid-range then you know yeah. and you're like why is it that Bradley Beal is dropping 40 and we're, we're not right. playing much defense it's because he was taking the shots that the defense gave him and yeah. I think it's Dane I, one of our great Timberwolves podcasters has been saying like when you know that shot is open your shooting percentage is higher than you know you would anticipate because it's like when you know it's open it's easier to hit those shots so the, the drop coverage has always just kind of bugged me. It's made Towns look bad and just, you know, from the outside, you're like, oh, why is Towns not going up on that guy? Why is he letting, falling mm. back and letting that guy just take an open jumper? And I think that, you know, involving Towns, I'm sure he's more, like, active just, you know, wanting to try harder because he's getting to do the things that he likes on defense, which is switch out and guard some smallies. Yeah, it just takes a little more energy uh, uh, from him. So as long as he's down for that, you know, and 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 yeah, I mean, we, we would all be into a trade-off of offense for defense for Towns, right? Even if it takes a hit on his offense, we still mm-hmm. want a better – you need to have a better defensive te- uh, Towns. I mean, center is the most important defensive position on the floor, and so you have to have at least an average one. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things is Towns – has the ball so much more, you know, he's running the offense. And because of that, we were seeing Towns have some games where he's only scoring in the teens or something, but he'll have like eight assists. Oh yeah. yeah. And some of that is a factor of like right now on the Timberwolves, just double Towns. We don't have a lot of options. All of our guys are hurt. So just always send a double there. And yeah, exactly. So a lot of times we've seen teams be like, we're going to make sure Towns doesn't get anything and we'll have other guys beat us. And Towns has been a very willing passer, making the right read and everything. But that was one little thing where I'm like, does it seem like some games Towns isn't getting many shots or scoring many points? It's like, well, it's he has the ball. It feels like more than ever. He's just making the right choices with it. Yeah, you know? getting doubled. Um, all right. Well, speaking of Towns. He's on fire. Well, not really. He's been missing a lot of shots from three. But we are talking about I'm him. I'm not worried about it's, it. No. His first slump, really, no, ever of his no career from no three. No one's worried about so. it. He's great. Um, you know, it's uh, it's trade deadline season. So uh, the Wolves and the Wolves are the worst team in the NBA. So the Vultures are circling. There's lots of talk, and it's just going to keep growing bigger and bigger about trading Carl Anthony Towns. So Scott has uh, has uh, rounded up some uh, some silly uh, Carl Towns uh, trades, some hypotheticals out there. That some uh, some I don't know where are you getting these. Are these all from Twitter? What's the, Reddit? What's Twitter. Reddit, Twitter. It's easier okay. to find stupid ones on Twitter because each team's fan base on Reddit has kind of a group think going on. So it's right. very interesting to see what the attitude is towards Towns on various Reddits. Like for example, Phoenix Suns. Uh, apparently Bill Simmons on a oh, Zach yeah. Lowe podcast this week dropped the idea of trading Towns for DeAndre Ayton straight up 
And I thought, well, the Suns people must be having a field day with that. Because on Twitter, some Suns people were like, yeah, get him with Booker. Like the way, same way we were like, we get Booker too. here. Yeah, They're yeah. like, get Towns here. He's Booker's yeah. best friend. And I was really surprised. On the Phoenix Suns Reddit, they were very much like, no, we can't do this. We can't trade defense for offense. They're like very much into the, this will wreck our defense. And I thought that was kind of an interesting, yeah, you know. Imagine that. Take as well. I, th- yeah. I really expected them to go over the moon oh, part, especially. So, they're so good this season. It's like, just don't rock the boat. Like even for something like that, you know. Yeah. Well, this, uh, this month, uh, Kyler Murray, who is the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, tweeted a photo from his senior year of high school. He's at an event where he's with Cat and J.J. Watt. Oh, yeah. And he tweeted that out, and uh, he said, Welcome to Arizona, J.J. Watt, because J.J. Watt, the Houston Texan star, is now in the Arizona's uh, Cardinals. And so J.J. Watt retweeted and said, The NBA trade deadline hasn't passed yet at Carl Towns, dot, oh, dot, dot. Shoot. So he was trying to get him to Phoenix. Well, hence, it's not tampering if he's not an NBA player. Yeah, so that's there right. you go. Uh, All right, so what are some of these fake trades that we can laugh at quickly here? Sure. What do you got? What do we got? Uh, what are some funny ones? Tim Rolls analyst Kendrick Perkins tweeted, Minnesota can <laughs> trade everyone and build around Anthony Edwards, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, hashtag Ant-Man. <laughs> so anyways, I want to shout out to the people who helped us out on Twitter, um, at Juancho underscore J-Man and NBA underscore poop underscore hat. Oh, yeah. Both brought up this... Bowls one, which is really the one I saw that made me laugh, and it was like, maybe we should do this on the show. It's uh, a tweet from Unique Manzik. I wonder if the Timberwolves would trade Cat. If I'm the hashtag Bulls, I'm on the phone offering Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., Lori Markinen, first round this year, first round next year. And then Chicago will get Cat, Jaden McDaniels, <laughs> Ed Davis. Actually, Jalen McDaniels, which okay. is the typo here. Yeah. But not only do they want Cat, they also want Jaden in this deal. And huh. it, for three players that I would not keep around, you really, you know, like yeah, Wendell Carter could be something there. But uh, yeah, I would want I would want Kobe White and uh, and Wendell Carter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I suppose. Uh, and then who's the big player in there? Who's the the salary match? Who's the first player? You Otto said? Porter. Probably, Otto Porter yeah. for the salary match. So That's, you know, with the two first round picks, you know, okay. But yeah, you would want a lot more at this point for Towns. Okay. Yeah, we got the Chicago one reuniting Levine and Towns. Hornets on their Reddit proposal. <laughs> The Timberwolves are sending Carl Anthony Towns and Jalen Noel. In return, we get Bismack Biombo, Terry Rogier, and PJ Washington. Hmm, <laughs> no picks either. That's nope, no tough. picks. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, wait, wait, there is a pick in there. Okay, but yeah, it's yeah. a first round. The pick, new, so. the, the new superstar trade, like we've seen from Harden, is like, like a young player or two and like three or four first round picks. So you got to think that's where it would start with Towns, and right? I respect, especially the, he's got like three, two, three years left on his deal. So it's like it's not some like, oh, this guy's got to re-sign with us type. Like, like Drew Holiday has to re-sign with the Bucks, and they still gave up all that stuff for him. And I want to shout out to the Boston Celtics fan base, a nice. delusional fan base, if I've ever met one but <laughs> they just because they've been scorned by so many of the big stars and stuff like one they're very aware cat needs to want to play in this market if we're trading for him because they've been yeah they've been scorned so many times totally. and then they at least realize that every proposal i saw on their reddit were like and we have to give four first round traffics like they all knew that the cost of playing was a bunch of first yeah, round table stakes right there there here's a here's a proposal three team trade the celtics are going to get george hill Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley, and a second round uh, from a Dallas second rounder. The Timberwolves will receive Al Horford, Kemba Walker, Daniel Thies, Romeo Langford, and then 
like I said, Celtics fans know four first round draft picks from the Celtics and a first from the Thunder. Mm. So they understand that. And then Thunder would get Jeff Teague, D'Angelo Russell, Carson Edwards. Jeez, Beasley, Russell, and Towns all, all going out, All out. gone. <laughs> but we do get Al Horford. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's the salary match. Not yeah. great. Uh, yeah. I saw this one from a Pacers fan. Pacers get Carl Anthony Towns. Kind of interesting because they're going to give us Demonis Sabonis. Okay, all star. Aaron Holiday. And some guy named Goga Bitdays. Bitaze, yeah. Bitaze. And once again, a handful of first-round picks. So if you got the first-round picks in there, at least you're not delusional. Because yeah. there are some trades that uh, have been suggested that, here's one, uh, a four-teamer. The Raptors <laughs> are going to get J.J. Redick, Ed Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Tyrese Maxey. The Sixers get Kyle Lowry, w- Willie Hernan Gomez. Okay. And someone named M. Thompson from the Raptors. I don't know who mm-hmm, that guy is. Mm-hmm. Pelicans are getting Fred Van Vliet. Whew. The Timberwolves get Danny Green, Mike Scott from the Sixers, Terrace Ferguson, Nicholas Alexander Walker, or whatever yeah. from the Pelicans, yeah. Martise, Matisse Thibel. Mm-hmm. Nice. Then we get a first-round pick, top five protected from the Sixers, the Pelicans, and the Raptors. And then Dang. some second-round picks. And it's just like, yeah, the Timberwolves are getting really screwed. On, Massive trade, though. On that end of the thing. I did think uh, very interesting was the Hawks uh, Reddit, which – we're all fans of. Remember when they were cheering for the Timberwolves because they owned our pick and they were like Timberwolves yeah, fans all season? That's right. I love them. They're, they're the only Reddit where the their Reddit isn't like titled after the team. <laughs> it's called the Upvote Factory huh. <laughs> instead of the Highlight Factory. Oh, yeah, the yeah, Upvote yeah. Factory. Nice. But almost all of their trades talk was centered around John Collins with the Timberwolves. Of course, all the rumors. All yeah. the rumors. And uh, so here was an idea. We'll trade for Cat. We'll give them John Collins a choice between Gallinari or Bogdanovich and some picks. <laughs> Nice. So they There's are some right there. They for are you. not about uh, anyone on our roster, though. Besides Cat, <laughs> for John Collins, they say the only one acceptable would be Anthony Edwards. They're of like, course, that's who we want because he's from the area. One of my favorite comments was someone being like, "I don't want this for Anthony Edwards because he's going to come back to his hometown where all of his dumb friends are, and like he's going to have so many people in Atlanta in his area. He's like, this could be the worst thing for Anthony Edwards' development if he comes here. Yeah, sometimes you got to get away from oh, home. Here's a fun one: a Knicks one. Knicks get C.J. McCollum. The Timberwolves get Yusuf Nurkic, Kevin Knox, Anthony Simons, Obi Toppin, and two first-round picks. One is top eight protected. The Blazers are going to get Ricky Rubio and Carl Anthony Towns. Wow. Some, uh, yeah, so so there you go. Those are some, uh, we promised you silly Towns trades, and Scott went to all the Reddit pages. Oh, yeah. I, shout out to more. the Wizards. They are a sad bunch of people over on their Reddit, but... A lot of fun with Harry Potter memes. Okay. <laughs> Harry yeah, Potter wiz- memes all over the wiz- front page. Wizard stuff. Well, yeah, maybe you can uh, tweet out some of these other ones you have here, Scott. And if there. you guys see one that's yeah. really dumb over the next week or let's so. Co- let's collect them. Send them our way. We'll retweet it. We'll share it with everyone. You know, yes. Let me know because I always get a good laugh out of it. Nice. All right. Uh, time to take a break and uh, pay the bills here with our sponsor segment. And then after that, we'll get into the trade deadline mailbag. The wait is over. Target Center will soon be able to allow a small number of spectators into the arena to watch Timberwolves basketball games. After an entire year of not being able to attend NBA games in person, the excitement is palpable. The franchise is proud to present Timberwolves OnlyFans. No, not that OnlyFans. This promotion is about rewarding the rapidly decreasing number of fans who still care about this historically terrible team. We're inviting the six or seven dozen individuals who remain emotionally invested to see their favorite squad live in action and also receive a mental health checkup by a board-certified psychiatrist. To qualify for Timberwolves OnlyFans, simply answer yes to any of the following questions. Have you watched more than 75% of the team's games this season? 
Do you know Jarrett Culver's father's first name? Do you say process instead of process in non-Timberwolves contexts? Do you listen to the instrumental for Forgot About Dre at Home and imagine you're in a mostly empty arena? The goal of Timberwolves OnlyFans is simple. Bring the most die-hard, not-at-all pathetic Wolves supporters back to Target Center to cheer on their team. So head over to Timberwolves.com to sign up today. And remember, if you're one of the only fans remaining, the Timberwolves OnlyFans is here for you. Thank you to Timberwolves OnlyFans for their support of Wolvescast. Up next, it's time for Mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mu 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 mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. It's a mu 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. And this segment's called mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Okay, it's that time of the year. Everyone loves trades. Everyone loves the trade deadline, or as our favorite writer Britt Robson calls it, the trading deadline. So uh, let's. Uh, we solicited uh, questions from everybody, from our listeners uh, there on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Please follow us uh, at Wolvescast on Twitter, at Wolvescast Pod on uh, Instagram, and. Uh, well, let's dig into these here. And if you want to run the Wolvescast TikTok, let us know. <laughs> We're accepting yeah. applications. Yeah, we need uh, we need influencers to maybe help a, us out. If you're in uh, <laughs> the generation of Z, perhaps, That's right. let yes. us know. If you're 12 or 13 years old, please help us out. <laughs> um, all right, first question comes from at uh, Timberwolves UK on Twitter. Uh, they say, would you sell high on bees this deadline? And related at Scotty2390 writes, uh, how willing would you be to use Beasley as a trade piece to get Collins or Gordon. So those two kind of go together. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast, surely you know the Wolves' interest apparently in uh, John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks and uh, Aaron Gordon of the Orlando Magic. So, uh, Scott, Beasley. Would you put Beasley in either one of these deals to bring over one of these players? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, it's weird the idea of selling high on him because as Wolves fans, we see him having a great start to the season. Really, you could, you know, and who knows if that's sustainable. He had a very hot start and you could say any other team in the league could be like, wow, when you gave that guy more minutes, he performed, you know. His, his scoring went up a notch when you gave him more minutes. One and, of the best shooters in the NBA. One of the best shooters like on pace for like a single season records for like Timberwolves history, right? So it's a lot, right? He's shooting over 40% on almost nine threes a game. That's insanity right there. Yeah, and you could say like... If he wasn't suspended, he would have been in the, in the three-point contest. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a lot of buzz. Yeah. And so the suspension, though, hurts him. I was yeah. looking at other fan pages... Hawks Reddit, for example, they're, they're very against Beasley because they see him as a numbskull. They're like, we can't have this cancer right, right. in our locker room. This guy's going to spend 120 days in prison, you know? <laughs> and very few, there are people who point out, but people who have watched the games are like, actually, he's a really good teammate. He brings a lot of good energy uh, to the games and to the court and to his job, at least. 
And so, like, he's not this idiot that you would think he is when you hear how dumb he was with these charges. There's a pretty thick line between the on-court and off-court Beasley, it Right, seems. exactly. I think all Timberwolves fans, especially everyone in the locker room, seems to really love the energy he's bringing to the team. Yeah. But I think that there is that reputation with the suspension that he's kind of toxic goods right now. Totally. But the thing about him is you, it's not one of those things where you need to trade him so he can help you with the playoff push down the stretch. He signed to a great deal. He's almost like kind of a Robert Covington type right now where you're like, you know what, even if we're not making the playoffs next year, wouldn't you like to have this contract for the next three years at this very reasonable rate? So I can understand why Wolves fans think that we could sell high on Beasley, but I'm not sure with the suspension what that actually does to it. So I would sell high, but I'm just not sure the Wolves are going to get anything that would be considered selling high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that makes a lot more sense for a Gordon trade um, just because based on their team, you know, whereas Atlanta, you know, already has, you know, not that you can have too much shooting, but you just think about their roster construction, you know, with Trey Young, uh, Bogdanovich, uh, Gallinari, you know, he's not a guard, but, you know, Herder, uh, they have all these shooting guards kind of who are out there, you know, proper guys who can shoot, you know, who play the one or the two, um, you know, then they have Rondo and Dunn, I guess, who aren't shooters, but, you know, the, so so I feel like the, the Magic could probably use him a little bit more, especially if they move on from uh, Fournier, which they're expected to do in this trade deadline, so I can see it a little bit more for them, and, and honestly, I, I, I like Gordon better than I like Collins and all this, just because, you know, Collins, although he's younger and, you know, could be a better player overall than Gordon, he just he's he's a restricted free agent and you're going to have to pay a big contract, um, you know, if you trade for him, you know, potentially, um, you know, which the Wolves could do. But it's, I think it would really hamstring them going forward unless they can somehow move Russell or, you know, move somebody else, a big money guy in, in the future. So, you know, I kind of worry about that. And I think, frankly, I don't know. I mean, I know it seems like the Wolves are going all in on offense and, hey, let defense be damned. That seems like the direction they're going, and Collins would kind of fit into that, but I just don't like the fit of Collins and Towns together defensively. That's going to be rough, whereas Gordon, he is an established defender. He can guard two through four, um, two through five probably, you know, switchable, and and just as sort of a more well-rounded player, although he doesn't come with the upside necessarily that uh, that Collins does. But what do you think about Collins versus Gordon? Have you have you thought about that? What, what, do you have a preference at all between those two guys? If you could have one of them come over for Beasley and and a pick or something like that like do you have do you have a, which one you'd prefer more than the other i guess if it, all things being equal i'd probably prefer collins just for the upside like you said yeah. he's 23 so still, he could be an all-star still a lot of growth there potentially especially if he continues taking human growth hormones <laughs> he got busted for peds <laughs> i believe right. last season hey, he missed 25 games i forgot about that right Him and Aiden. So, so exactly uh you know another trade a drug user for a drug user <laughs> hey yeah. We all use drugs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm not judging them it's for that. Good, I was making yeah. a joke, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I prefer Collins a little bit. And also just because with Gordon, the way the cap is set up right now, we can't really take on money. So we would have to give up some money to get him. Whereas Collins is making $4 million this year. Yes, he'd be a restricted free agent. But as we were talking about before the pod, because we don't 100% understand everything with restricted free agency CBA, and the cap and yeah. stuff like that. But the idea is that you would he'd come here, he'd cost you $4 million until the offseason. That allows the team to dip back under the luxury tax, which we paid last year. And that way we would avoid the repeater fine for a couple seasons so i think that financially collins makes more sense too yeah definitely well i might talk about this later but getting out from the tax is a big thing for the walls they are just so they're so uh you know they have so many problems as far as they just aren't are they're so inflexible right now with the with the guys they have and stuff so it's 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 a really tough tough pill to swallow to have the worst team in the league and pay 
a luxury tax for that. Ugh. So I would Awful. imagine one way or another, we'll see them get under the tax. That's the biggest thing for this trade deadline is they will find a way to get under the tax. They're a little, and Beasley's suspension helped that. It actually saved us half a million yeah. dollars towards yeah, the tax. So maybe you don't need that. It gives us a little bit more flexibility there. So, um, but it is tough to trade away Beasley just because I know I understand he's in here because there are very few players on the Wolves that you could say we're selling high on instead of selling low on this season because of how bad yeah. everyone's been. But it really stinks to finally get a shooting guard who's shooting 40% from three and then being like, you know what? 30 games is enough for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll we've been see. dying for that player for so long and we but finally yeah, found one with the, with the Wolves books the way they are though. That just might have to be the hard reality. Yeah. Um, all right. Next it's one. from Wancho contract. That's right. Oh. <laughs> all right. Next one from a uh, longtime listener and question asker at Lago might on Twitter um, says, uh, it's pretty clear that Finch knows what he's doing. What do the Wolves need right now? Besides time is D Logan prove He's worth his salary when he returns. If Collins is really on, his way to Minnesota how does that happen um all right good question there yeah I mean I think yeah I mean they're just it's still about the future for me and this but this team and this trade deadline are so interesting for the Timberwolves because traditionally when you're the worst team in the league you are a seller right sell off your your guys who make a little bit of money and you know are helping you win games and stuff uh, you know get rid of Rubio all this stuff um you know if you're bad you want to be a seller and, and regroup and get picks and stuff for the future um if you're good you're a buyer you want to make a push for the playoffs and be good in the playoffs. Whereas the Wolves have these conflicting things with Rosas. You know, he's just kind of disappointed so far. And they put so many assets into this Russell thing working. We don't have our draft picks. We don't have year. our draft picks. So being bad doesn't necessarily work. Um, so it's just so interesting because you have these competing things where the Wolves like could simultaneously be buyers and sellers this year. So, uh, yeah, it's super interesting to see which way they're going to go with this. I mean, D'Lo needs some time. We definitely would love to see him back out there and see if that's actually going to be a piece for this team and Collins you know they need help you know Gordon or Collins they need help with the four so either way that goes they got to get better at that position um so I think both those things are interesting but you're going to have to pay you're going to, have to pay a pretty penny if you want to get Collins for him so it's hard you want to double down on this roster even more like I'm right. scared of the D'Angelo Russell trade from last year and like giving up a pick to get this guy where it's like oh yeah it's gonna work so it's like I'm scared to do that for John Collins again because you right. you'd almost have to include the, your, your next available 2000 or your next available first round pick in, in either of these deals and yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to do that when you already have the worst roster in the league you want to you be out of another first round pick yeah uh, trading, trading a pick is hard trading back to back picks though ooh, is like, I mean you can't do it that's it's literally against the rules yeah. so it's like you had it has to be I think 2023 I right. think so but ugh, still still you don't want that you don't so. want that yeah yeah. Especially when it's like 2023, Cat could be gone. It feels like it's yeah. compounding a problem. Like I guess if this it, were a traditional bad team, the Wolves would just be like, "Yo, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's J Mac, right? It's a, uh, it's a, uh, what's his face? Uh, not Jordan McLaughlin. It's um, Jay McDaniel's. McDaniel's. He's your four, right? Don't yeah. trade for John Collins or Aaron Gordon. McDaniel's is your four. Go. Right. But the Wolves are like, no, no, no. Rose is like, oh, I don't want to get fired. We need to get some more wins here. <laughs> Yeah. And the the other thing about, I guess, the devil's argument towards moving a first-round pick would be, yeah, sell out now to try and make the town's window work, because if it doesn't work, you know you're going to bring in a bunch of first-round picks when you get rid of anyway, them. Anyway, yeah. You know? So yeah, maybe yeah. you just get Mortgage rid of, the get rid of future, even yeah. though the Timberwolves' first-round pick will always be... <laughs> 
better than like Juicy. a Boston first round pick or yeah. something like that. But I guess that's maybe the theory is that you expend, spend your first round picks when you're trying to keep your guys. Yeah. Because you can always, because if you're going to blow up the Towns thing by trading Towns, you're probably going to trade D'Angelo. Or you're probably, you know, you're really going to try to build around Anthony Edwards in that sense. So you right. probably get rid of guys. There would probably be no shortage of first round picks coming back to you. But, yeah, totally. Um, I think the thing that, they need the most is probably a little financial flexibility yeah. at the trade deadline. So I expect, like I just said, I expect any moves to be with that in mind. But also the question of Jarrett Culver is interesting. Like, yeah. Because if you, I've lost faith in Jarrett Culver. And mm-hmm. if the front office has too, this is the last chance you can trade him where some other team might be like, I bet I could fix him. The Wolves, terrible, terrible organization over there. I'm sure I could fix him. Apparently Atlanta still has some interest in him. And, you know, it, this might be the last time you could hoodwink someone and to think that, oh, the Timberwolves are selling low. We'll buy we'll buy low and then we'll turn them into something. And so this might be your ch- last chance to do that. He probably only has like, like 80 games under his belt or something like that. Right. Like he's you hardly could, played. You could still talk yourself into it if yeah. you wanted to. So I think that this might be a last chance to do that. And also, once again, we're kind of high on all of our young guys on the fringe. We like Nas. We like Jalen. We like Jaden. Uh, you know, but Jared – all the J's. Uh, but if you're the front <laughs> office and there's one of those guys you're like, oh, this is just smoke and mirrors with uh, one of these guys. He looks much better than he d- we think he's going to be. Then maybe you move him and, and, and you know, hoodwink a team on that. Yeah, so. yeah maybe possible. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go to this next one here. At uh, Daniel Ob 23 uh, writes, is there a sneaky trade the Wolves might make that isn't being discussed right now? That's an interesting one, right? We hear all the big names. We hear Gordon. We hear Collins, you know, we hear uh, Rubio and, and, and Culver potentially going out and stuff like that. But, you know, who is someone on this team that, uh, you know, hasn't been in the rumors? And for me, it's D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I don't think you can trade him even if you wanted to just because he's been so disappointing this year and his contract number is so big. Um, like you'd have to find some other team that's really interested in him like the Wolves were last year in order to get him. But it's even worse of a deal now. Um, so I came up with this fake trade. I don't even know if it totally works, but something like this um it's a three-way deal um involving uh kyle lowry uh going from toronto to philly i mean that feels like that's gonna happen um and then uh, fr- uh and then uh, uh green scott and bradley going to minnesota from philly um danny green right he's the kind of the, the cap filler guy yeah, mike, know, scott mike scott and, and uh and uh, tony bradley backup center guy so really it's just cost savings for the wolves right all those guys basically come off the books and then russell um goes to Toronto. Um, so yeah, Toronto replaces Lowry with Russell and uh, Philly, um, you know, Philly gets their guy in Lowry, the hometown boy and the Wolves get cost savings because I feel like with Russell, with the Russell trade, nobody's going to want him unless you can like provide extra um, or I have Culver going to Toronto too in that too. So Russell and Culver to sweeten the deal because again, you I don't think you can just give up Russell on his own. The contract is too big. You'd have to attach an asset to that. So I feel like Culver can maybe get that done. Um, so that's just a little one I came up with. Well, what do you think, Scott, about is there any other guys on the Wolves that you don't have to come up with a trade, but just like who on the team is maybe sure. a sneaky, this guy might be out of here? Yeah, the idea of this exercise is to pick someone that you don't think will be traded. That's right. Because it would be a surprise. It'd yes. Sneaky. Yes. So I'm saying you take Anthony Edwards, you trade him to a team that owns their first round pick like Detroit or mm-hmm. Cleveland or someone who's a, a team that's going to have a top five pick in this draft. 
Mm-hmm. And that way, you you know, there's always that 40% chance we'll have a bottom three record and keep our pick, but it's hard to plan around that. So yeah. trade, trade Anthony Edwards to the Detroit. They'll be like, yeah, he's balling. He's the number yeah. one pick. We got him. Yeah. And then we have a chance to maybe even double dip in the top five of this upcoming draft. If you really do believe in, you know, the talent pool that's coming in, which a lot of people are raving about, yeah. maybe you do the unfathomable and change this, trade this really fun rookie who's shining right now and sell high on him maybe and get some get more tickets into next year's draft yeah yeah they could see something like that happening potentially almost never happens but uh who knows rosas think outside the box they're gonna get into the trade machine and figure it out um all right two more quick ones here we gotta keep it going uh luke minneapolis luke mpls on twitter writes uh which out of the iowa crew Nas, jalen jmac has the most trade value right now i thought this one was interesting i wonder who across the league i mean who would you know, sort of look at these guys and say, oh, that's someone I might want to get. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's between Jalen and J-Mac just because positionally, you know, Nas is, is solid, but backup centers, they're a dime a dozen. You could find that player type all over the place. Now, the nice thing about all three of these guys, well, really the first two, Nas and Jalen, is that they're making really, really, they're really amazing, solid deals where I think J-Mac, you probably have to pay him next year potentially. So, I don't know. I would say Jalen or J-Mac have the most value. Probably J-Mac because you could see him play Really on any team as a good backup how point does, guard. How does it work though when you trade a guy on a two way? Like, ah, does his games question. reset? You know, because yeah. he can only play so many games at the club. You know, that's and I, hard. And that's why I say no because also he's not signed to be on this year. You know, yeah. And so he could just leave. And so I think that my it's like answer a minimum expiring. It's like what does that get you? <laughs> right, exactly. My answer is Nas, just because of the cost certainty and you know, every time I watch the Lakers, he's been consistently I, the best. I look at Nas and be like. He could be Montrez Harrell someday, you know. <laughs> he, he's he's super cheap for the next three or four seasons. So he's, his nickname's Hollywood. That's what I'm saying. I <laughs> I would trade for Nas out of these three. That'd be my yeah. Opinion. Yeah, he's he's seems like a diamond in the rough, in the rough there. All right, last one uh, comes from at tep underscore four tep four um, on Twitter and on Instagram. No cap space writes. How would you feel if there were no trades? This is a good one to wrap things up with here on mailbag. No trades. What if there were no trades this year, Scott? How would you feel about that? I wouldn't even be surprised you, just because what we're talking anything. about. There are very. <laughs> yeah, I, I never feel anything. You know, I'm just dead inside after watching this team for so long. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I would just be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised because of what we said. There are very few players on this team who you could say we're selling high on. Mm-hmm. You always want your team to sign, sign, sell high and buy low. And I also like maybe be a little bit relieved because my trust in Rosas is at an all time low right now. <laughs> and like the way he got swindled by Golden State and yeah. some of these other trades he made, like, Dario and 11 to move up and get Culver at six. Like his trade history is not great. And yes. so like I might actually be relieved if they didn't do any trades because at least we're not like you said shooting ourselves in the foot by being like well, let's trade two first rounders and get John Collins in here because he's yeah. the missing piece like we got burned doing that you know yeah so yeah I, I, I get what you're saying that like uh, it's the it's uh, it's the opposite of doubling down right it's just like oh no we're just gonna keep our powder dry here like they've made huge moves they've eliminated the coach they've already done so much to like you know rearrange this roster so and and like we've been saying the, the Wolves don't have that much 
flexibility here and they don't have guys I don't think people will want. Like if anybody wants to give me a second round pick for Okogi, for Lehman, for uh, Davis, for Hernan Gomez, I'm moving them because these guys are not that good, again, on the worst team in the league. So if anybody sees a little value in them, let's move them. Or sort of like you're saying with Culver, maybe a little bit higher value with him because he's more recent and younger and still has a little bit of shine to him still. Um, But I would be trying to get rid of those guys. I even think, you know, I predicted that Rubio be traded. I think that's a lot tougher right now. I mean, yeah, he's played a little bit better, but I don't know if anybody's really, I think you'd have to give away something as well in addition to Rubio to move him. I, I don't think they want to give away that. something to move yeah, him. Yeah, you're I think not you going to add a pick to that or something You like that. hope some team is desperate enough at the point guard position yeah. where the Clippers are like, okay, we need him. Yeah, so. yep, we have to go and get him. So yeah, I would feel okay if there's no trades. I don't think it's what this team needs necessarily. Um, they got enough young guys and frankly, they kind of need to be bad to, for, to keep that 40% chance of maybe hanging on to their pick this year. So no trades would be okay. We don't need saving in that kind of way. We need good draft luck and we need internal development from these guys. Um, all right, let's uh, let's uh, keep this thing going. Time to get to weekly wolfies. Now presenting your weekly. Wolfies. Weekly Wolfies, time to give out awards for good or bad things. Scott, why don't you start us off? What you got this week for Weekly Wolfies? You know, I'm a little bit of a Ricky Rubio fan. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else. Well, there might be somebody else who's like you now, Ricky, because Ooh. this week I discovered Ricky Rubio is a father. Oh, baby Rubio in the house. There's an athletic story about it from last year when this <laughs> child was born. I have no idea how this passed my radar. But I mean, he wasn't on the team. That's how. I mean, yeah, but I just considered myself a bigger Ricky fan than right, that. I right. thought I would that information would get to me. Yeah, your Google alerts must have failed. On right, that exactly. Yeah. So I was so excited to see baby Rubio in the crowd. Liam. Liam oh, Rubio. I didn't know the name. Nice. And apparently I was also like, I didn't know Ricky was married. <laughs> it's another double go. down of like me not knowing what's going on. Apparently his wife, Sarah, has been his romantic partner since they were 14. No way. And she's been about a wife for about one year. And this was a story that came out when the baby was born. So about two years now they've been married. And no, it's about a year, actually, a year and a half. A little bit of Spain love right there, right? right. She must, must be from Barcelona. I believe her name Spain? is Sarah Colome. So okay. I, I think yes. And yeah. so uh, super happy for Ricky. The baby is cute as a button. Looks like Ricky. You could just see it. What a, what a gifted little child that's going to be. He's oh, got a, yeah. He's got a father like Ricky. He's got the, the face of Ricky. And you got to think that he's going to have some kind of basketball skill in there. Yes. Growing up in the Rubio household. So, uh, you know, it's uh, Ricky's had a tough, you know, kind of run the past few years with his mom dying and everything. And so good to see that some positive developments are happening in the Rubio family. So I'm going to give it to Liam Rubio. You get my weekly Wolfie. Uh, Welcome to the world, kid. Young Liam. Yep. Liam, young Liam was uh, shown on the Wolves broadcast and then Jim. Pete said it. He's like, you know who that is, right? Like, they didn't say, like, you know, it wasn't like a graphic on the screen that says, yeah. like, Liam Rubio. It's just like, no, Jim Pete brought it up. And so, like, yeah, I, I took a picture of my television and posted the picture. And uh, now, uh, Baby Rubio is, uh, has been seen by the world. So, yeah, you can check that out on our Twitter page and uh, see that adorable baby. Nice one there, Scott. All right, my uh, Wolfie this week is a recommendation for a podcast, um, as we normally do. Um, but this isn't so much for the entire show, although I'm sure that's good, too. Um, but it is for a show called Knuckleheads. And uh, this is a show um, that exists on the Players' Tribune podcast network. It's Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. 
uh, two players, uh, you know, played kind of in the early aughts. I think they both play each other on the Clippers and the knuckleheads is, is a reference to their little, uh, you know, the, this was their kind of like three to the dome move they would do. They would just tap their, their full fist against their heads and they wore headbands and stuff. So that was their thing. They have a podcast together. They talk to NBA players and uh, WNBA players. So I'd like to recommend a recent episode where they had uh, former Lynx legend Simone Augustus on the podcast and a uh, really, really fun conversation with them, just kind of walking through her whole career um, from being in high school to, uh, you know, playing at LSU and then getting into the league. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun because, you know, it's great how the NBA guys support the ladies over on the WNBA side. And it's all just hoops talk. It's all just like they're just relating to each other about how you're kind of the best player on your team when you're, when you're young. And then you get to the, the big leagues and you got to kind of relearn everything and figure things out again. And it's just interesting to hear hear them kind of relate to her they have some LSU or they have some uh, kind of like southern connections some Louisiana connections and stuff like that um, apparently got some good stories with Simone and apparently she went way back with a uh, big baby Davis uh, who also played at LSU mm-hmm. and she like grew up with him like in the same neighborhood and stuff so huh. I mean Simone is 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 one of the best interviews in all of the entire WNBA uh, especially just in Lynx history so she's great she's talking junk she's so funny she doesn't really hold back and it's a good hour long podcast of them kind of walking through her career and uh yeah so if you enjoy the links or you just enjoy uh simone who's just a great talker minnesota sports legend that's right that's right she's playing in la she's we gonna... threw four parades for her that's right she was, she was there yeah i think she's gonna end her career in la this year probably her last season in the w but um you know uh, still still a minnesota legend and a really cool um episode of this show um to listen to so we'll have that in the show notes for you so you can listen to simone augustus on the knuckleheads podcast all right. Yeah. Great choice. Love Simone. Cash Simone. money. Simone. Money moan right That's there. Right. All right. Time to get to our final segment. It's game time, Scott. What are we playing today? Neil, you know, I had a hectic few days. And so oh. my normal prep time for the game got <laughs> really cut down, especially when I went into the deep rabbit hole of looking at every team's Reddit and yes. kind of on town stuff. That's so deep. I was pressed for time for the game. So I did the unthinkable. I typed Timberwolves trivia into Google. <laughs> took the very first link i'm gonna ask you some questions from this quiz they may be basic they may not be but these were the questions that i thought were all right so this is just franchise wide or yep, is it franchise uh, wide timberwolves tree okay trivia. okay first question neil what year were the minnesota timberwolves founded um i want to say 1989 is that correct it's a good start it could be a, uh like, no technically they were they were founded into the nba in 1988 nope no no tricks here <laughs> All right, next up, Neil. Who is the Timberwolves' top scorer in their inaugural season? I'll give you its multiple choice. Okay. Is it Pooh Richardson, Tyrone Corbin, Tony Campbell, or Sam Mitchell? Campbell was the name I had in mind before you gave me the multiple choices. I feel like it could be Pooh, though. I'll go with my gut. I'll say Tony Campbell. Always good to go Ooh. with your gut. That's what they always say with trivia. There we go. That's so true. Was Smitch on the first team? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Great question. <laughs> question uh, next question. How many consecutive seasons did the Timberwolves make the playoffs after acquiring Kevin Garnett in the 1995 NBA draft? Ooh, so they did make it right away? That's again, that's not Basically, a trick? Basically, no, the, the, they, the first time was 1997. Got it. So, yeah, I mean, let's see. It would have been seven, eight, nine, zero, one, two, three, and four. I want to say seven years in a row. I'll, I'll say seven. Maybe there was a miss in there, but I'm going to say they made it seven years in a row. You had, you had the ooh, years ooh, right, ooh. but there's actually eight. Oh, okay. Seven, 1997 to 2004. All right. Every so, year in there. Yep. 
dang, seven, eight, nine, zero, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I just counted wrong. No. Dang, you got to <laughs> count right, kids. That's, you know, I can't help you with that part of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, who was the first Timberwolf with more than 700 assists in a season? Is it KG, Marbury, Ricky Rubio, or Pooh Richardson? Ooh, I like this one. Hmm. No, I want to say Rubio here, although it could be KG. I mean, he had a lot. I didn't really know him for his assists, though. I mean, he probably averaged like four or something in the season, maybe one of his MVP years or something like that. But I got to think it's Rubio. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Rubio here, Scott. Give, give me Rubio. Ah, Pooh like, Richardson. Pooh, all right. That's in his like second game, season. So pretty good. His second season, he set the franchise record with 734 assists. So I that's pretty close. Dang. All right, uh, two more questions. Who was the first Timberwolf with more than 2,000 points in a season? Wiggins, Towns, KG, or Kevin Love? Wow, another really good one. This could be any of these guys. Definitely think KG probably could have got it done, but maybe like the lower scoring average across the league made that like a number that only guys later, uh, you know, in the NBA seasons happen. I kind of, to me, it's between Love and KG. I don't know. KG's the obvious answer, but is it too obvious? I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with KG. Come on. It's got to be, right? Oh, no. I was surprised, too. I picked KG. Was it Love? Kevin Love. Wow. Set an NBA the record. Three, the three-point era. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Love set an NBA record in 2013-14, the last Love season, as mm. we did call it, becoming the first player in NBA history to record 2,000 points, 900 rebounds, and 100 three-pointers in a single season. Sheesh. His 2010 points would stand as a franchise single-season record for three years until Carl Anthony Towns topped it in 2016-17 with 2,061 points. Wow. Wow, good one there. That's a good question. And then finally, Neil, who is the first Minnesota Timberwolf to win Rookie of the Year? Ooh, first Rookie of the Year. Uh, hmm, not, uh, yeah, not Leitner. Um, wasn't, wasn't even KG, I don't think. He was not the Rookie of the Year. Um, wasn't Kevin Love Rookie of the Year. So was it Wiggins? It might have been Wiggins. I can't think if there's any other rookies uh, for the Wolves prior to that. That would have been big. I feel like they didn't have any really big-name rookies before KG. Um, or was it? It wasn't Love. No, Love, Love won the Rookie of the Year. Because of Kurt Rambis. <laughs> yeah, totally. He didn't start games. F him. Yeah, I'll go Wiggins because I just can't come up with another one. Yes. That's right. Yes. There's only been two. Cat and Wiggins. Cat and Wiggins, the only rookie. Doesn't despite seem, all the doesn't lottery picks. Doesn't seem like Ant's got a shot at it this year, too. So, <laughs> yeah, despite all the high lottery picks, only two ROIs. 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 That's right. Yeah. Not return wow. on investment, return on Yeah, I guess it could have been Marbury, year. too, but yeah. yeah no, no you, you would. It's, it's a sad commentary. <laughs> all these high lottery <laughs> nice. picks, only two rookie uh, rookies of the year. That, those are good, though. I mean, I know it wasn't on a specific theme. It was a very broad theme, but sometimes you just got to go to that. We've, like, never done that. Yeah, so I feel like at least once a season, it's good to do some just, like, general general trivia stuff. Yeah. There we go. The trivia master, Scott, there for you. All right. That does it for Wolves Cast. Everybody, appreciate you listening, tuning in. We're back on our schedule for the rest of this season. So we'll see uh, what the rest of the year brings. We'll see what the trade deadline brings. Uh, yeah, like we said earlier, next time you hear us, um, it will be post-trade deadline. It's kind of a nice thing. It's always on a Thursday. Trade deadline's always on a Thursday. We always record on a Thursday. So it's nice. It looks like at 3 p.m. or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So we are recording fresh right after the trade deadline. So you'll have that to look forward to next week. Make sure you're checking out all the amazing content on Canis Hoopus and uh, follow us on all the social media places as well 
Um, but yeah, Scott, are we, are you excited for the trade deadline? Are, are you ready for it? Oh, absolutely. You're ready because th- at the very least, it's very fun on Twitter. Yes, you know, lots very, of good commentary. One of the more entertaining days on Twitter is the trade deadline. Yes, so yes. I'll, I'll be on there. I mean, I'm uh, unemployed right now, but uh, if you, it was the day at work where I got nothing done. Oh, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. ooh, they're they're paying me to look at Twitter all day because you just can't pull yourself from it. it things move fast, That's and right. there's lots of uh, great tweets out there. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens for the Wolves. Uh, we're probably not expecting too much, but hey, in the Rosas years. He hasn't missed one, right? Yep. He has not that's missed. That's just it, you know. That's a wild card. You're not paying Gupta to keep everyone here. You know? <laughs> they recycle these guys through. So, you we watching? Will see. Uh, did you do a bracket this year? No, no. That's not today. Or, Same here. Yeah, yeah, it started today. So, I have no idea what's going on with college basketball. So, yeah. Yeah, we're skipping that this year, you guys. No, no, none of that content. But uh, yeah, go, go whatever your team is who's in there. So, go Northwestern <laughs> Wildcats. There you go. You have not made the tournament. Yes. Go anyways. Maybe go. NIT. Go away. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week for another episode of Wolf's Cast. We'll talk to you then. Goodbye. But to talk about who they should have took number one, I don't. I mean, they took me. It's, it's over. It's nothing to talk about. So on to the next. We're trying to win basketball games at this point. So whoever's still talking about that, and they could just kick rocks, I guess.